Hello, folks, and welcome to This Is Who We Are. I'm Sean Watkins. This is my podcast and my new album, all rolled into one. Each episode features one song off the record paired up with a conversation with a guest who is related to that song in some way. And that's the main point. Each guest is either loosely or sometimes directly related to the song in one way or another. The goal is just to use this album as sort of a topical springboard for me and my guests. And from there, we can go anywhere. My guest on this episode is Inara George. You might know her from her band The Bird and the Bee, which is her duo with Greg Kirsten. But she's got some fantastic solo records as well. Um, one of my favorites is a record she put out in 2008 uh, called An Invitation. She made that with Van Dyke Parks. It's really great. The reason I wanted to get her on this particular episode is that her late father, Lowell George, who was a founding member of the highly influential country rock band in the 70s called Little Feet, was really good friends with Jackson Brown, who wrote the song for this episode, which is Shape of a Heart. Such good friends that Jackson is actually Inara's godfather. Her dad passed away just a few days shy of her fifth birthday. Uh, she has a lot of memories of Jackson growing up. We talked a lot about him and also a lot about her own music and her career. She's just a really wonderful person, and I know you're going to enjoy this conversation we had. But first, I want to play you my album version of... I should say, actually, non-album version. This is a B-side. But I really wanted to do a podcast episode for it nonetheless. I had Jackson as a guest for the song Suzy Lightning, which is a Warren Zevon song. And it was so much fun, but we didn't really talk that much about Jackson himself. It was just about Warren. So this is, uh, this is more about Jackson and, uh, and Inara. I'll be back with my chat with her right after this song. This is Jackson Brown's In the Shape of a Heart. People speak of love 
some ancient fight About the size of a fist Or something thrown that it missed And there were other holes as well In the house where our nights fell Far too many to repair In the time that we were there People speak of love and don't know what they're thinking of Reach out to each other through the push and shove Speak in terms of a life and the learning Try and think of a word for the burning
Okay. Okay. Sitting here with Nara George. Um, thank you so much for coming in today. My, my pleasure. <laughs> We're in my kitchen. And um, so this is a great opportunity for me to just ask you about things that I've been curious about for a while. Um, Shape of a Heart is a song for this episode. And there are a couple of reasons I wanted to have you as my guest. And um, the main reason is that I learned this song because of uh, a benefit, or I keep saying benefit, because of a, a Jackson Brown tribute show that you were putting it on. It was a benefit, too, though. It was a benefit? But okay. not for Jackson Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most tributes are also a benefit. Those things kind of go in hand in hand. Yeah. Um, is it true that you are, um, that Jackson is your godfather? Yes. He's my godfather. That we, is... I was named his goddaughter after my father had died. So my okay. mom was like, I think she sort of thought like, oh, this would be a good person to sort of right. keep, keep that place. Yeah. What is your, um, do you have an earliest memory of, of Jackson? Um, I'm trying to think of my earliest memory. I actually have this memory. It's really strange. And I think about it all the time, <laughs> but he was on the road. This was, it's not my earliest memory, but it's like a very vivid memory. Um, he was on the road and I was really good friends with his son, Ethan. And I think we went to the show in LA and I was, I, you know, I think he had a small child. It, it, Ryan was a baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was, it was Ryan, it was his second wife, Lynn and Ethan and I, and, and, I was, I think it's like when you're a kid, you're like, Oh, I want to, can I go with them? I want to like sleep over, you know? Yeah. So they took me and it felt like I was gone a week, but I literally think it was just one night. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they kept me with them and I slept like in the hotel. And I remember that I wet the bed for one. <laughs> um, Off to and, a great start. <laughs> yeah. And then also I remember this thing that, they didn't have a hairbrush because none of their hairs, it was like how Jackson's hair is like really straight. Yeah. yeah. Like they just didn't need, like Jackson, Ethan, <laughs> Lynn, nobody needed a they hairbrush. They have perfect hair. They don't need it. Yeah. It's and so I was this little girl with like really fine hair and I was like, you know, but so, I just remember like Ethan and I playing back, like, cause I think we, how old were you? I mean, I don't know, seven yeah. maybe. Yeah. And, and, uh, we went, yeah, we so we we had a show in LA. I went with them up to to Santa Barbara, slept there, and then there was another show at the mm-hmm. Santa Bar- Barbara Bowl. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. that's my memory. Wow. So that would have been maybe like in the in the 80s or. Yeah, I mean, late. it was a he was it was like yeah. the peak. Yeah. If I recall. Yeah. He might have played the Hollywood Bowl. I'm not sure exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. And then how has he? What's his musical influence on you, Ben? Um, I'm sure, I mean, it's funny. It's like those are hard things to pinpoint. Uh, I know I've been to so many Jackson Brown shows in yeah. my lifetime. I've probably seen him play live more than anybody in the world. Right. Um, and I, you know, it's like I know the songs really well. Yeah. They're kind of, it's like sort of like the Beatles, like they're just sort of imprint printed yeah. in my brain. So mm-hmm. I know that when I like take a turn or it's like a certain lyric or something, I think it's, you know, it sort of becomes like part of your DNA a little. Yeah. So it's yeah. just to pinpoint it, I don't know, but I know that it's in there. Yeah. 100%. Um, 
so your, your dad and Jackson were close. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad, uh, I mean, I think my dad really respected Jackson as a songwriter and I think the same went for, for, uh, Jackson with my dad. Yeah. And I think they were, you know, they were like kids together and they had yeah. like, they like partied together and they yeah. wrote music together and, um, yeah, I think, I mean, when I, when I watch him talking about my dad, it's sort of a fascinating thing when you think of, like, if I had lost a good friend at mm-hmm. such a young age, because yeah. they were kids, you know, everyone was, yeah. Jackson's younger than my dad was when he died. My dad died when he was 34. Wow. So it's sort of like that, oh, yeah, that that would be, it's like a painful thing, and then also I'm sure it's just like, that's part of life, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard about your, you know, I, I'd known about Little Feet just being a musician and, and um, uh, you know, heard heard their music. It's always around and they're so influential and so, um, you know, ubiquitous, especially when you're talking about L.A. bands and musicians around that time. Um, but when I was on the road with Jackson, he would play um, your dad's song, Willin', mm-hmm. and he would always introduce it as like, this is a perfect song, <laughs> you know, and it is, it's so incredible. And did he write it when he was really young or was it like the first song he wrote? Is that? No, I don't think it's the first Cause My dad, my dad was in the mothers of invention with Frank Zappa. Right. And then he had this band called the factory and they, I don't think, well, you know, and it's interesting. It's, I don't know if this was something that other people did, but I've only noticed that my dad did it quite a bit, but he would record songs on one record and I think realize like, I don't like the way that sounds. I'm going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And he did that with Willen and he did it with a couple other songs. Mm-hmm. So there's two different versions of the song. I think realizing like, Oh, there's a better way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually I think is kind of a cool, totally a cool thing to do. Even like I've never done it, but I'm, it's like a practice swing. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, we also did that song, um, as part of this Linda Ronstadt tribute that my sister and I were sort of MDing, um, and he did it with uh, the Lucius Girls, Holly yeah, I and know. Jess. And I think that it's they so first great. did that for that show. There was a show that um, I'm so bad with names. You know the guy who did Almost Famous. Uh, yeah, they 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 performed it live right. on his show, which was about Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe, thank yeah. you. Um, and I, and I went to see them shoot it and I think that's the first time they played it together. Mm-hmm. So then they, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. And it, it's so cool to see how a song that, you know, came out in the seventies, is just as great and can be interpreted by, you know, so, you know, and also it's cool to see someone like Jackson who is, you know, from that generation and Holly and Jess from Lucius, Lucius doing this song and having it totally work. That's just the definition of what makes a song great, you know? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> One definition. Yeah. Is there a, do you cover, any, do you ever do any of his songs? Well, one song that I, I cover, I covered, I think, and you played with me, was Late for This Guy. Oh, yeah. Which is funny, because when you say it out loud, it does sound like Late for This Guy. Right. <laughs> but it is late for the sky. Yeah. I think that record is just stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that song is also another one where you're, you don't realize like just how sad it is. Mm-hmm. But it, 
Um, and it's, I mean, I think that was something my dad, my mom says that my dad said about him is just his like song crafting where I don't yeah. think my dad thought of himself as that. I think my dad thought of himself more of as like a, you know, like a mad scientist, mm -hmm. you know, working with beats. And I mean, although I think my dad could write a really good song, but Jackson really sort of like, I mean, he takes a long time to write a song too. Very methodical. Very methodical. And like really like every word is very specific. It's almost like when you're writing a song for a musical mm -hmm. and every song has to be, every word has to be perfect so that it fits well yeah. in a voice. Like, yeah. you know, like the enunciation. And so I think, yeah, I mean, he, that's very It's like important. a good movie where every scene and everything within a scene is there for a reason. There's yeah. no, there's, yeah, there's no, no fat. fat. Yeah. 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 It's like he's, he figured out early on how to trim, how to trim the fat in the songwriting process. And now I, you know, when he sings these songs now, I get the feeling that he's, you know, pretty happy with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's you know? a funny story, but I'm sure you've heard this one from him, but when, he, you know, he, uh, take it easy. Right. Mm. So he's, I think living above Glenn Fry. Right. In like Echo Park. Yeah. And he's a kid. Like mm -hmm. he's, I would say 20 years old or something. Yeah. And he's like, you know, dun, dun, whatever, whatever. No, that's the wrong song. Yeah. Um, but he's playing and like, like, you know, going like, take it, take it, take it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think Glenn Fry is like, what the fuck are you doing? He's just like, you're going to drive my, like drive me crazy. But yeah. then that's kind of where, like, I think, I mean, I'm just retelling the story, Yeah. but it's a funny, it's just this like. Like to be so meticulous at such a young age, I think is pretty, is pretty amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He started, he kind of just arrived fully formed, it seems. Um, I mean, starting off with <laughs> these days, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think he was like 16 when he wrote that song yeah. and, and it holds up as much as anything he's written in the rest of his I know, life. I know, isn't that so like, interesting? You know? It's like something like the wisdom of a 16-year-old. Because I think that 16-year-olds have this sort of interesting, like, strangely retrospective ability. I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, they can, like, sort of can look back at time. I remember mm -hmm. being a kid and singing yesterday, you know, yeah. like, that I really could feel the angst of, like, oh, I'm, my life is changing. And yep. you get older and more, like, kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you're less sentimental. Right. I remember feeling that way when I was like an early teenager. I remember feeling, uh, and I guess that's just part of like, you know, that's sort of like when as humans were sort of peaking, <laughs> you know, like meant to like the history of humans, like you're in your like teenage years. That's like your prime. You're like your healthiest. That's when people used to have kids all the time. And, yeah. And um, so it makes sense. But uh, I remember feeling like nostalgic and yeah, you really like have feeling, a lot of nostalgia. Yeah, you have like nostalgia. feelings like you've been around for a while. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe you've like you still remember your last life. Or I know. Something. I f I think about that a lot actually, because um, I f I feel like I remember as a kid having the feeling that I was someone else at some point. You really? Know? Yeah, like when I remember being in, like first or second grade. And I don't know if maybe someone, maybe I heard that somewhere and it just kind of grew in my head. 
Um, but the but world's I, still kind of magical. Yeah. It still feels magical. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I just, I, I feel so privileged to, um, to, to be, you know, friends with Jackson and to, to have been around him. And I know you, you feel the same and he's, he's been in your life, you know, probably since you can remember. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just such a privilege to get to, to get to be around him and, and around someone who is, is, is still seemingly as excited about music and you know, curious. that's the thing. Is that amazing. is such an inspiration to me. Like I showing up at shows all over the place, like it's little amazing. shows that you mention offhandedly, and he just yeah. shows up because he pays attention and he wants to hear new good music. Yeah, no, that's really. The, it's you're always just like, whoa, you are like a, a, a real true. Uh, he is really taking a true interest in his yeah. in his peers, mm-hmm. in his mu- musical peers, and I yeah. think that's. And discovering new yeah, young discovery, artists. Yeah, yeah. He's so. But I think of I think the, to him, the musical world. Everyone is a peer. Like to him, it doesn't matter if you're 16 yeah. or if you're 105. Like yeah. to him, every what every everyone is doing has meaning, and it it should be taken as seriously as everything else. Yep. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't matter if you're a huge artist playing, you know, Staples Center. Yeah. The show at Largo is just important to him as yeah. the other shows. Yeah. So we did we did Lay for the Sky at Largo, is that right? You knew No, that was at the theatrical too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um for those We never you, did it at Largo. We should really do it. We should. Um yeah. for those of you listening, we've um uh Anara has, has joined us on a, a few of our, our Watkins family hours at Largo and um it's tough to remember which which songs get done where you know yeah. when you're kind of in a in a musical community like this where there's so much going on all the time. So I also want to uh, I wanted to talk about what you're up to. Um, a lot of you guys probably might know Inara from her duo with Greg Kirsten called uh, The Bird and the Bee, and um, really great. And but you have a couple solo records as well right i do i i that was my most recent release was my last solo record right um, when was when was that when did that come out it's like not this last january but the january before right i mean i have kids and stuff so i put out a record and like play a few shows and then that's about it <laughs> <laughs> um but it was fun it's you know it's i love putting up i love making records and putting out new music and the bird and the bee have a record coming out in August. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. That's great. And you, you have a few with 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 him, right? Yeah, we have a ton. I mean, three or four or five. I don't know. We we have like full length albums. We have our first, second. Then we have our covers record. Then we have our fourth. Then we have this new new record, and then we have like a bunch of like EPs and stuff. And the new record is coming out in August. August Great. 2nd. Yeah. Will you do any shows around then? We have one show. I mean, this isn't coming out for a while, right? So I can... This will be probably coming out around August. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to play the, uh, the the John Anson Ford Theater, which great. I'm so excited about. Oh, so cool. I know. Very excited. That's the one across from Hollywood Bowl, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like that really intimate mm-hmm. amphitheater. I saw my first show there crazily enough i think it was closed for a long time or that, that sounds right what um, was your first show it was back oh wow yeah so i saw back there last year like last year around now sorry I think. 
You saw your first show there last year. I thought you meant your first show ever in life. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 Like, no. as a kid, you went to see it. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> I, saw, I saw my first show there the, what was at, the, that, what, the, at that venue. What was the first show that you remember seeing as a kid? I'm sure it was, like, my dad or Jackson. Yeah. I think it's probably my dad. Yeah. Mine was... Uh, Mine was the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Do you oh, really? Them? Yeah. The first show that I ever wanted to go to, because I've been to a lot of shows, was mm-hmm. Prince. Wow. Purple Rain. Wow. 1984. You wanted <laughs> to go to, yeah. That was, he was my favorite. It was, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade. You did go to see it? I went. Wow. That was, I, that was the first show that I was like, I want to go to this. We had to like get tickets. Right. You know. Was that, it just mind blowing? I'm, yeah. Yeah. It was insane. I mean, and as like that age too. Yeah. And also he was, inc- it was, he's, in- he was an incredible performer and yeah. musician and everything. So, yeah. And to see that tour and it was, it was fun. I love that he, like everybody loves Prince, you know, like country musicians and. Well, he's a musician's are, musician. Yeah, it's, yeah. There are a lot of people who are firmly in one kind of area of the musical spe- spectrum who people who are also in that area of the musical spectrum love, but other people don't necessarily, but Prince just totally transcends <laughs> everything. Um, I, I, it's funny you mentioned the forum cause I remember he played a bunch of shows at the forum year, like I know. semi-recently. I missed that. Maybe I'm so bad about going to live music. Or seven like years ago, snooze, maybe. Or, and, um, and our mutual friend, Aaron Redfield, who I know you've worked Was with. He, playing? he, so Aaron Redfield, um, he and I are in a band called Fiction Family, which we put on a couple of records. Uh, well, the band was like me and my friend John Foreman from San Diego. And then he plays a lot with uh, with Aaron. And so he brought in Aaron and um, Aaron Aaron's brought in amazing. Tyler Chester, who he was playing with a lot. And Tyler's become a really good pal. I but, know all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Except your other friend from San Diego. Tyler lives a few blocks away oh, from really? here. Oh, yeah. really? Cool. He's so cool. Um, so I met Aaron Redfield and, um, and I remember hearing, hearing about... You through him, I'd probably already heard about you, but um, I sort of, I was like, oh, cool. He, he mentioned that I think you toured with the Bird and the Bee, maybe, or he's played some shows. I don't. Some shows. I mean, we haven't toured. I mean, I tour without Greg sometimes, just mm-hmm. like a girl band and me. Um, but we play like we'll play shows in town. Yeah, I lo- I love Aaron. He's so great. Yeah, he's he, great. He he was playing with um, Nika Costa, and he he said that you know Prince had. Like it was like two weeks of shows at the forum. It was just like, and they were all sold out. And he told me this story. He said that he'd gone, you know, paid. He tried to get tickets, but he could only get like cheap seats, like way up top. And they were like twenty five bucks or something. And he went and he said it was amazing. And then the next week, Nika Costa called him and said, you know, Prince wants us to open. And he was like, oh my gosh, amazing! So they opened. And okay. then afterwards, he said. After the whole show, they got invited to an after-show party, and he was just excited. And then they get to the party, and Nika says, Princess wants us to play. So then they have a whole setup, and so he's like, amazing, this is great. So they start playing, and they're like the party band. People start dancing. And then he said, Prince, at one point, just put on a guitar, walked up, and was like, you know, going to play a song. And he mentioned his song, and Aaron said, have you heard this story? No. Aaron said that Prince turned around and people, you can't, you can't see me obviously, but 
but uh, I'm going to show Anara what he, what he did. <laughs> so Prince was right in front of him, and, and he turned around with his guitar, and he put his foot up on Aaron's kick drum and went like this. Like, bring it. Like, the, the, you know, the Khmer sign with his fingers. Oh, like, my God. And looked him in the eye, and he said that it was just like, you know, almost like he was possessed. It was just like, you're, you're in it. And it was, you gotta just, just, yeah, you, gotta bring you just it. bring it. And like Prince just brings it out of you. Yeah. It's just so It's funny. Cause I went to one, I didn't go to the shows in the forum, but I went to one of those after shows at the, at the house of blues. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. I remember being a little disappointed because Prince was barely on stage and it was just a little bit like of a jam. Really? You know, he wasn't playing any of his songs. It was mm. just kind of a jam session. But I mean, still, it was awesome. It was, but it was supposed to be a Prince show. It was like he was doing these. He would play a full show at the Forum, and then the right, whole band after would show. come and play these after shows, which That's was right. unbelievable. I remember hearing about uh, him yeah. playing at the um, Roosevelt Hotel as well. Maybe no, it wasn't the Roosevelt. It was the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. But I had another friend who went to the Roosevelt, yeah. and it was like really like. Really intimate. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I mean, he, all these guys are so complicated, but yeah. he was a real, I mean, he's, he was, he still sort of continues to be my all time favorite. Did you know him at all? I didn't know him at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I knew someone who went to, heard about the show at the, um, I'm sort of happy. I don't know him. At I the, know uh, him. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Some people, there's some people who I revere so much that it's just, I just want to worship from afar. I think it's always actually nicer because then when you get up to them, like, what are you going to say? And yeah. how could you, I don't know. It's yeah. like, it's fun. It's so nice to just have that distance mm-hmm. and sort of just love them from afar. Yeah. I, I totally, totally agree. Yeah. What, what are you going to say? Yeah. I, I like your music. I, I yeah. like to. Which wouldn't even like. <laughs> No, there's nothing that you can really say that will, we'll, that we'll will show them how much it meant to you. Yeah, um, but that's that's really cool. That's you know that you got to see him, you know, back in the in the in the heyday. I always say the, everything good happened in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I was 10 then, I guess, because wow. that was 1984. So I was 10. So I think I was. What is that? Is that fifth grade, fourth grade? That sounds like. Yeah, we'll just say yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good, you were like on it, 10 liking Prince. It seems like. I had older brothers. Yeah. It, it, it's like the real key to having good musical taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had older brothers and then we had this insane record collection at my house. So yeah. I kind of got exposed. And then there was like a dark period in high school where we just listened to, you know, well, I guess it's not dark that. Th- that this sa- this is going to sound horrible to people, but it's mm. like that like classic rock period you go right. through, mm-hmm. which is a great period to go through. You got to go through it. You got to go through it. Yeah, I think of it as like, you know, you don't want to stay in seventh grade forever, but you need to go through seventh grade to get to eighth grade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, oh, and then you did a solo record. I-, I was listening to recently with with Van Dyke Parks. I did. Yeah. What was that like? Van Dyke, of course, uh, I mean, it's, it sounds so like cliche, but you know, he is a, he's a genius Yeah. and he's an amazingly interesting person. It's like this incredibly open-minded, progressive Southern gentleman, yeah. you know? So it's, he has like, he straddles these two worlds very elegantly and 
just like time spent sitting with him at the piano and figuring things out. And also just like, um, the, like he's a musicologist, he's, uh, you know, yeah. he's everything. And he, um, and so we did this orchestral record together and Mike Andrews produced it. And, uh, Van Dyke is Mike Andrews produced it. Yeah. yeah. He produced yeah. it. But I mean, it really was just like his, I wanted to have a record that was kind of like, almost like a, musical yeah and and so he and he did this thing where he would like support my vocal in this crazy way where it was I was so intimidated by the the idea of singing with all this stuff going on Mm -hmm. but it actually was the most it there was such an ease to it yeah because he just knew exactly how to kind of yeah he was like it was like carrying the egg you know like the egg Mm -hmm. the egg yeah and then it's in a spoon yeah the egg in the spoon (laughs) I, it's like it feels like, it's, like that, like this delicate thing that you think, you know, it's like you can't throw it across the room. You know, it's yeah. like you have to kind of take it, take it very. Yeah, quiet. like it's possible to to take the egg to the other side of the room without breaking it, but it just takes. You have to be careful and do it in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was what really was fun. what was the recording process like? Because yeah, it sounds it's so there's it's so ornate, and I mean, it sounds like there's like a full like array of orchestra orchestration it's it's a chamber orchestra so it's it's actually not even them it's you know it's what like 25 yeah um pieces right and uh what the craziest thing was and i remember mike andrews saying like don't send them the demos because that's what he'll write to right and i was like really i'm just sending them demos so he can hear the song and but i thought it was this sort of this happy accident because the demos were it, it was time you know there was no there was no click or anything. Right. So it really kind of moved and ebbed with my, mm-hmm. with my vocal and yeah. sort of the essence of the song. And so he took those and orchestrated right over my demos. Mm-hmm. So the, there's a real free feeling, Yeah. but you know, you get these insanely gifted musicians in there and they just sit down and <laughs> read it. Yeah. And that's what we did. We just, we booked sunset sound for, I think it was like maybe even two days. Wow. And then just hired all these people. And were you singing live? I didn't sing live. Mm. I couldn't. I think it was too much. I was too stressed out to do it. Yeah, I, I'm curious how that kind of stuff would happen. Like, with that many musicians and that many moving parts, you know, especially when the songs are flowing, like you're saying, like time wise, yeah. it's, you know, you're definitely nowhere near a click. <laughs> no, you aren't. And I mean, some of them had clicks. And then some of them really didn't. And, but then what I found, so it was all fixed. We recorded it, you know, we went into the studio and I sang over what we recorded and it was like really easy. Yeah. Yeah. That was the weird part. I was like, was oh. he conducting? Yeah. He conducted. Yeah. yeah. And we were played it live a couple times, but it's so funny. It's like we're living in such a different age where, you know, you think like, that was how people recorded music. You would have all the live instruments all there. The person would be singing like yeah. Frank Sinatra or yeah. Peggy Lee or whatever. And then, and now it's like to get that many musicians in one room, it's so expensive. Yeah. So it really has to, yeah, you really have to kind of like sort of fudge it and make sure, you know, get it. But it's so worth it. I mean, from my point of view, when I was listening to that record, I was struck by the real the realization that you just can't get the sound we're not able to get 
the sound of a real orchestra at this point without i mean certain there are like certain patches and you know a lot of most i think a lot of most movie soundtracks especially the strings and horns and stuff are all you know samples but when you get a real group of musicians in the room it is a special sound and there's nothing like it it grabs you i think that like you can definitely get by with with samples but when you do have the real thing um and it's done really well it it does something to you well and then to play that live yeah and sing to that live i mean it's where did you play scared shitless because i'm like if i fuck if i (laughs) if i skip like a i did that once i skipped a part and Mm -hmm. they kind of had to pick it up i was like i don't know how i mean you feel like a real asshole when you do that (laughs) but so you're just you're like okay if i screw up i'm I'm screwing yeah. up a lot of because they're just re you know. I know. There's no there's no like, hey, it, just take it back. I know. Bars. That's the thing it, about being a, the kind of musicians that we are. It's like if you forget a lyric, you just vamp for a little while and then yeah. everyone knows and you're fine. You're fine, yeah. With that, it's like no. Mm-mm. So <laughs> we played it we played it once. We played it in um we got to do it in Holland once. Mm-hmm. Um we got to do it in at the Getty once. Cool. We got to do it in San Francisco once, and we got to do it in um, uh, at the, at Largo once, which is sort of a smaller group. Mm-hmm. But it was super fun. It's really fun and it's yeah. exhilarating. It's wow. There's nothing like that. I've yeah. never experienced anything. You and have like 25 people just crazy. So cool. Yeah. Um, so you wrote all the songs and lyrics, and Van Dyke just orchestrated and just put all that that side together yeah and then right? we added like a couple of like guitar here or there bass if we needed we, there was bass on the orchestration but like certain elements just to help with the feel of it but mm-hmm. i really after hearing it recorded i was like i just loved the space i loved it feeling mm-hmm. free so. yeah phone is i don't know what's happened but i just it's the 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 spam calls have oh just been God. off the charts. It's insane. Got a call the other day from my number, which is crazy. Uh oh. Chickens? Hold on. Let me check on the chickens. Yeah, make <laughs> I sure just, they're okay. I just saw one fly by. They fly the coop now sometimes. It's a couple of them don't have. They fly away. Well, they can't really fly away, but they can like fly over things. They can fly over things. They can fly enough to where they can just escape some kind of predator like up a tree or something like that yeah and then because we live on a hill and their coop is up at the top i have chickens folks just to break it just to let you know (laughs) um because we live on a hill they can um they'll like just jump and they'll end up sort of just like fall flying They're, they're flying but it's just like a controlled fall uh so yeah that's really really interesting talking about your work with with van dyke he's just such a um He's another one that that is around from that you know I mean before Jackson's time, you know doing working with, with Brian Wilson in the '60s, doing incredible work at a very young age. Yeah, yeah. Like he just he's another one that seems to have arrived fully formed. Well, he was you know he was like a like a piano prodigy, and then I think he came to Los Angeles to get work as like an orchestrator. I, you know, I don't know the whole story. He mm-hmm. also was like a child actor. He's got yeah. a really interesting history. Yeah. But he, um, yeah, and he worked at Warner Brothers as an A and R person. Right. That one time. Right. Yeah. Um, and and him, my, Van Dyke and my dad were also very close friends. Right. 
Yeah. Wow. So, um, so you've got a new Burden B record. Um, I'm very excited to hear that. Um, are you Thank going you. to um, Are you going to do any any shows for that? I can't remember if I asked you this. Yes, yeah. the John Anson Ford. Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah. And then we're planning like a little tour, a little right. tour for major cities, like who, the month of August. When you play the Ford Theater, what, do you know who's going to play with you? Yes, it's <laughs> kind of a fun uh, group. Well, we're going to have Greg will be there, which mm-hmm. is great. <laughs> yeah, he won't be at all the other shows, but uh-huh. that one he'll be at. Um, he doesn't like to tour, so mm-hmm. and I, he produces a lot of stuff, he's right? Like a, it's like he's insane. worked with everybody. I mean, he's worked like Paul McCartney and yeah. Foo Fighters, and yeah. so the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl is a big Burn the Bee fan, and so I was seeing pictures of you with him on Instagram. Yeah, he, I can't believe I didn't think to ask you about that. <laughs> he um, he is a big fan, which is really sweet, and that's kind of how I initially met him, and then Greg and him both vacation at the same place in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I think Dave like approached him once and they just started talking. And then Dave was like thinking like, I want him to produce my record. So then mm-hmm. they got it together. And so Greg did. Mm-hmm. And so they become much closer. And um, what, which Foo Fighters record did he produce? The last one, the con- oh, wow. concrete and gold. Wow. And so, uh, so we were playing this show, this benefit show for swing left. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and Dave was like, I don't want to play drums. And so, <laughs> so cool. and you know, the, the record we're putting out is a Van Halen cover record. No way. So, he, so it kind of makes sense. Like we've got this rock drummer. The so new he, bird in the bee is a Van Halen it's cover. It's a Van Halen cover That record. is incredible. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a really fun record. <laughs> it's a really fun record. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so they, so they became friends. So Dave is playing with us. He's going to play drums at that show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Justin Meldell Johnson will play bass. Yeah. And then the usual characters, like all the girls that usually sing with us all the time. So. So cool. <laughs> that is fun. so cool. How did, how did you first meet, um, meet Dave? Was it through Greg or was it no, just you because know, he was I, a fan? I was at a dinner, I think I remember. And his manager... I think I got like, we started talking and he said, you know, like Dave Grohl is like a big fan of the bird and the bee. Can he email you? I was like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then Dave and I had sort of an interaction. We, he, he was even maybe going to play drums on our last cover record, which was a Holland Oates cover record. Yeah. But then it just like didn't work. I like remember one time he was supposed to come and then his daughter got like the stomach flu and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. and Greg and I just usually only do it ourselves anyways. And we get, some if we can it's almost like it's too much trouble to get someone else to come in it takes so much time we work together so infrequently that like when we get together it's just like okay let's get let's bang this stuff out yeah so um yeah so that was the the, our initial introduction and then dave and greg really became much closer obviously Mm -hmm. because of the making the record and then their their shared uh, vacation house house so area. Funny. Wow, <laughs> that's really cool. Um, so we'll we'll wrap up here. But uh, is there anything else that that um, you want to plug or talk about? Are you on the social media? I am on the social media. <laughs> um, well, I have Bird N the the letter N like Nancy B mm-hmm. music. Bird and B, I like it. Yeah, and then Anara underscore George. Um, but I mean, but you know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Follow her people. (laughs) 
buy her music, go to see shows, check out the new Bird and Bee record, and um, and a great catalog of solo and um, and Bird and Bee music. Um, thank you so much for joining me, talking about music and oh, yourself and Thanks Jackson for Brown. Me. This is fun. Really fun. All right, let's let's um you know get on the stage and make music at yeah. some point soon too. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Inara George. Isn't she great? Um, you can check her out on Instagram. Her handle is Inara underscore George. And the Bird and Bee on Instagram are Bird and Bee Music. <laughs> That's B-I-R-D, the letter N, B-E-E, music. Their latest record is out now and available. It's a Van Halen tribute record called Interpreting the Masters, Volume 2, Van Halen. It's so great and just wild. All right, you guys. If you want to hear my album, Sans Chit Chat, you can find it wherever you get your music. Just type in my name. All right. Thanks so much. See you next time. Club Scouts, it's Michael and Bryce and Riley from Bigfoot Collectors Club. And guess what? We're doing our first live show in Los Angeles in just a few weeks. Uh, that's right, everybody. We're so excited for Bryce's new show, Expedition Bigfoot, on the Travel Channel that we're going to have a viewing party at the Bigfoot Lodge in Atwater Village. Could you pick a better place? You could not. Guys, we couldn't. So, Monday, December 9th, from 7 to 9 p.m., we're going to be showing the first episode. That's right, of Expedition Bigfoot. And then we're going to talk to Bryce and a special guest, after the show, we're going to record it all live for you, the audience. And guys, what's the best part about this whole night? You get to come meet us, and it's free. It's free. It's free, guys. It's free. So join us Monday, December 9th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Bigfoot Lodge for our Expedition Bigfoot viewing party and live podcast recording. It's going to be big. But.